Hello. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Tamberlyn Chapman. Many of you know me as Tammy. It's my privilege to be a member of this church and part of this church community for over 25 years. And I enjoy serving the church and our church family in any way I'm able, including my current role on the Board of Deacons. I appreciate the opportunity to speak here today to share my experiences and hopefully to convey a message as well. And this message today is about God's light, how his light shines upon us to raise us up and keep us strong in times of need. But more specifically, my message is about a specific way in which this occurs, a way that is relevant to you and to me, to all of us in our everyday lives. Because certainly, we all have a direct connection with God. There are times when we seek his guidance, his solace, his comfort. And this direct connection is through our, our talking with God, right? Our prayers. And we feel the spiritual connection and we absorb his light. We feel his light and we share his light. This is an integral part of our faith. But what about the times when we receive his message or feel his light through another source? This is what I'm going to explore with you this morning. The power of shining his light onto others, through others, when we need it the most. So we first look to the scripture. Where in the Bible provides insight as to how God's light lives in us, through us, and among us. There are several scripture verses, and there's a few in your bulletin today, which you can look at. I'm going to read just a couple of them for you. From John, John 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that may, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. These passages teach us several things about God's light. One is that with faith in God and in Jesus Christ, light will shine even when we are in periods of darkness. But we also learn that we can be that light. God sent his Son to do his work and to shine his light upon us and among us. But we too can spread his light and let it shine onto others. When we do this, we are doing the work of God. But what about when we encounter darkness? 
Most of us here have experienced times of darkness in our lives. This can be times when life seems to be sailing along with smoothness and you feel like you're managing it all, right? Got it under control. All the typical and expected challenges of, of life, of an active life, for some this may seem, this may be balancing family, work, all the obligations and responsibilities in your world. And you, again, you think, you think you have it all under control and then something unexpected hits you or hits a family member and life is thrown off kilter. Sometimes this is something small but nonetheless impactful. And it could be something so significant that it creates a permanent change of course. These are the moments that make us feel helpless and anxious and worry. There are also experiences which are just lifelong struggles, not something that hits us unexpectedly, but something that is just in our life over a long duration, something that makes us react and then learn how to cope, to manage, so as to reduce the ongoing impacts until a solution or a remedy can be implemented, if that's even possible. My way of coping with these struggles is to try and stay positive and optimistic and not to complain or not to complain too much. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts and I come from a long line of loving but very strong women who taught me that when something unpleasant is occurring, just address it with full strength, head on, keep moving forward with chin up, with perspective, and most importantly to remember, it could always be worse. From the time I received my first Bible at the small church we attended, one of my favorite and most meaningful passages comes from Isaiah 40. In fact, I learned it by singing it at summer camp. It's in your bulletin, but I'm going to read it to you because I want you to just listen and feel it. This is Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I lived by these words, I still do, trying to focus on the good life, on the good in life, meeting obstacles head on and with full strength. But then about 10 years ago, things completely unraveled in my world. A series of events and circumstances blew up my world, left me struggling to maintain the strength and the positivity which everyone around me knew me for. And although there were times of joy during this time for myself and my children, this decade of my life was mentally and physically exhausting. And it often left me feeling overwhelmed and without any control. The first, which many of you who know me on a personal level know, is that I went through a very long and difficult separation and divorce, which lasted for many, many, many years. During that time, 
two of my children faced very serious medical issues. One was diagnosed with a bone tumor in his left femur, which was also embedded into his growth plate. And he was about 11 years old at the time. So here I was going along, thinking I was handling it all, keeping all the balls in the air, the home, the family with three young children, their needs, schooling, just the typical busyness of life, balancing it all with work and other obligations. And then suddenly, whammo. The call comes in from the MRI results. And the pain that they initially said was just a symptom of his tendonitis from playing sports actually turned out to be a tumor in his leg bone and his growth plate. So our entire life came screeching to a halt. The only thing on my calendar became the appointment the next day at Yale Orthopedic Oncology. Nothing else seemed to matter at that very moment. But something kicks in, right? As a parent, you stay strong, you do what was needed, and I did what was needed for my son, for my other children. I went into overdrive, absorbing as much of my child's upset as possible to take away from him as much as I could. It's one of the worst feelings as a parent, as many of you know, to see your child in pain and struggling and not be able to fix it. There was his physical struggle through diagnosis and surgery and treatment. And then there was the mental struggle. Because at 11 years old, right, not, not knowing whether you were going to lose half your leg or worse, that was a heavy darkness for him. So I prayed. I stayed strong in my faith and in my spiritual connection to God. I was grateful that he also had a strong foundation in his faith. But it was God's work through others that made our day-to-day -day survival possible. Was there light? Yes, there was. Each time my parents came to help, beacons of light chasing away the darkness. Each time my friends came to sit with us, cook for us, help drive one of my children so that I could tend to my son. The volunteer nurse who didn't even know me, who brought me ice chips while I was waiting for my son to get out of surgery that day. To her, she was just doing her job. To me, it was a very dark moment. And this was the light of God reaching out, literally, with cup in hand, an act of kindness. When one of the surgeons came out afterwards to tell us that the removal and the bone transplant was, had been successful, I expressed my appreciation to him as so relieved, right? And he reached out and he touched my shoulder very briefly, and he told me that God had been with him in the, surgery, in the surgery room so that he could do his best for my son. And I felt God's light at that very moment and it renewed my strength. Just a couple years later, another of my children sustained a severe head injury during hockey practice. Serious enough that he was out of school for five and a half months with severe headaches and loss of visual and some auditory processing, 
So again, my days were filled with daily treatments and medical appointments and specialists. And again, the recovery was unpredictable and out of my control. There was not much he could do during this period of time. He couldn't read or write or look at screens. The neurological impairment, thank God temporary, but the swelling of his brain prevented him from being able to visually focus on things for too long. So for my five months, he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't do anything with his friends. And he felt the darkness, physically and mentally. So where was the light? Again, we prayed. He came to church wearing special glasses. Our church family came up to us afterwards with kindness, words of kindness and, and humor, even. It was just a simple, natural thing for you all to do, but it made such a difference. He has a group of friends, four boys, that have been together and known each other since they were toddlers. They organized amongst themselves to take turns stopping by after school for short visits to keep my son connected to his friends and school and what was going on in their lives. They were, these were just middle schoolers, middle school boys at the time, busy with their own schedules. But their thoughtfulness and their selflessness made an impact. These are the things that pulled him through that period of darkness. These were messengers of God, shining God's light upon my son. There was one occasion when my son experienced some complications with his asthma, and we ended up at the ER via ambulance. And if any of you have been into Bridgeport Hospital, you may have noticed the artwork of photographs on canvas, which are displayed on the walls throughout various departments. We were in one of the ER triage rooms. My son was having difficulty breathing, so they had him hooked up, which of course made him even more anxious. There were about 10 or 12 medical personnel all in there taking care of him, tending to the machines and the monitoring equipment to help stabilize him. But he was terrified. I could see it in his eyes. And there was a moment, something made him look up on the wall, straight ahead in that triage room. There was a large photograph, a canvas photograph, of two zebras with their necks intertwined. And he was able to focus on this. And it had a calming effect on him. It made him smile and breathe. It's something you can't explain. It's just a sense of lightness. It came over him and, of course, came over me because I could see it in him. In that very tense moment of physical impairment and mental anxiety, there was a light. The signature in the corner of the canvas, Hugh Smith, friend and church family, he wasn't there, he wasn't present that day, he didn't even know we were there. But God's light transferred through his acts. His gift of this photograph hanging on the wall at just the right spot and just the right time to help my son. And by the way, my son and I shared that story with Hugh sometime after that. And that following Christmas, Hugh had a duplicate canvas print made of that very same picture with the, with the zebras intertwined. 
and it hangs in our home where my son sees it daily. That is the work of God through others. So simultaneous with all of these medical issues, I was still trying to navigate separation and divorce. I felt pulled in so many directions at once, very overwhelmed. I felt worried that my daughter had been sort of lost in the shuffle of everything in the midst of all the boys' health issues and with all my energy and attention focused on them. I'm so grateful to those beacons of light who were there for her when I couldn't be. I'm so grateful that on the few occasions when I found myself curled in a ball, feeling unable to fix things or find solutions, feeling overwhelmed, feeling the darkness coming in, all those beacons of light and those messengers were there and I could reach out to them. My parents, my close friends, Laura and Paul, they absorbed some of my anguish and they shared the light and they renewed my strength. So I could get back to the task of figuring out what was needed to address my family's well-being, our security. It came to a point where we had to sell the family home and the kids and I moved out temporarily into a rental in town. I signed a six-month lease and assured the kids that we would be in a new home, something more permanent, as soon as the divorce proceeding was complete. Well, for several reasons, that process lasted much longer than six months. As I said, it lasted many, many years. And when I finally reached the finish line, at least in terms of the court process, it was the beginning of February 2020. Yes. <laughs> So it was a difficult time for everyone. It was a difficult situation for me financially by that time, after the long process. Thank God I still had my job with good health insurance for myself and for my children. Thank God for my parents, the sacrifices they have made for their children and grandchildren. And again, the light came in times of real need, and it came in unexpected forms. I had started looking for a home for the kids and me, trying to stay in town and in the same school district. I bumped into a friend and fellow church member, and I'll not identify her by name, but I will say that she and her children had also suffered hardship and great loss over the same time frame that I had. And this had led her to a circumstance wherein she and her kids had moved out of their family home in town and were currently living elsewhere. She had rented her house for a year or so, trying to decide whether they would eventually come back to it. And at the point, in February 2020, when we ran into each other, she had just decided that she was going to sell the house. So when she heard that I was finally through with my divorce process and could get out of the rental and into something permanent and more affordable, she encouraged me to come look at her house. And I met her at her house one day, just the two of us, right as things began to close down due to the COVID pandemic. And you know that feeling when you just know that something is right and you're where you're supposed to be. And this was it. I loved the house and the vibes in it and the neighborhood 
I love the garden that her husband had built in the backyard. And he is someone I will always remember for his service to this church. Her kindness made it possible for me to buy her home. It was March 2020, and the pandemic closure hit with full force. So my office shut down. Most of the banks were shutting down. My mortgage rep at the local bank stayed in touch. He promised he would keep working on my application from his house in order to process it and complete my mortgage on time so that I could make this quick closure date that we had. It was a stressful time, especially for my friend, who had begun receiving all kinds of lucrative cash offers from New York buyers looking to quickly get out of New York City. But she stayed strong in her resolve for us to have her home. And the grace that she showed me and my family was, again, the work of God coming through her. Her actions of love and support, her strength, and our combined determination, I believe that this was all fueled by God's light. And in Matthew, when he says, people light a lamp and it gives light to all in the house, this was truly a light that lit our whole house. And it provided a happy home as well as a sense of stability and security for my children after so many years of disruption and upset and upheaval. So I will be forever grateful to this friend, just as I'm grateful to the friends who gathered to help us move during COVID closure and lockdown, because that was indeed an interesting challenge with many obstacles. However, these were the same friends who had come years prior when we had to move out of the family home amidst difficult circumstances. They were messengers of God, bringing relief, renewing strength. I thank God for the light in my life, for the abundance of that light, and for the people who bring me his light every single day. I also thank God for the ability to be a light, to help shine his light upon others, This is the work of God. This is also a part of our faith in God, having the ability to both receive God's light and also to share it with others. This is the practice of our faith. Again, it's not always an act on our part that is obvious or even intended. Sometimes we're not even aware that we are transferring his light. It can come in small expressions seemingly insignificant acts or words or gestures. It can come in small doses, or it can come in bright blasts. But it will come when the need is there. God's light is in you, and it is in me, and it is in all around us. So be a light, feel the light, and share the light. Thank you. Amen.